0: All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, because be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord from 2 Corinthians 5:14 through 21.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you sharing. You may be seated. Forgot to go over that part. We usually stand for the reading of God's word together, and during the first service, we were already standing because of this last song that we were on together. So, anyway, I'll try to remember that next time. So thank you for those that remembered to, to stand alongside of us, uh, and you're not in trouble if you stayed seated. It's okay. God still loves you. I'm excited to share with you this morning. Thanks, Andrew, for leaving the Bible for me. I know we we were joking earlier. He did our scripture reading, and he took off with my copy of God's Word, and I was like, son, I'm thankful I have thorough notes in front of me. We're gonna be okay. So he, he mentioned that. He was like, I'm so sorry I took off with the Bible. I was like, it's okay. We were okay. Fortunately, technology took care of us and, and we didn't have to worry too much about that So, But I'm Zach Hudson, the associate pastor Here at South, South Tulsa Baptist Church It's so good this morning to be with you uh, To share in God's word with you This is the, the best part of uh, studying God's word and preparing a message Is this moment right here where we get to, get to just dive in To God's word together And I know it's just eight verses, but believe it or not There is so much that we could spend time In unpacking uh, the beautiful truths That are found here in 2 Corinthians And, and we don't even have enough time to, to to go over all those things. So, and what I'd like to do is is pray, uh, with the, the enormity of thinking of of what is before us. Uh, as I prepare a message like this, I, I am reminded that there are people in the room who have been walking with Christ many, many, many years. And, and so today, I believe there's a message even for you, as you as we study God's word together. And then I'm also aware that there may be someone today Maybe this is your first time to step foot inside of a church building and to hear a message from the bible And I believe fully that there is a message from god for you today as well So whether you're here in the building or whether you're watching online, i'm so thankful that you're with us today And with that in mind, let's pray and just ask god to bless as we study his words together Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have right here right now to study your word Thank you that it's true. Thank you that it's active. Thank you that it it brings us uh, identity. It brings us anything and everything that we need as we face the trials and situations that we see around us in this life. Thank you that it doesn't matter if we've been walking with you many years or maybe today is the first day that we've taken a step to, to think about and to consider your word. I believe that your word has something for each and every one of us and all of us in between those two places. And so today, Holy Spirit, would you work through this time that we spend together Would you work through me as your representative of your word today? And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. So, Father, we ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, before we uh, get started, I just kind of want to give a little introduction to uh, this passage that we find ourselves in here in the book of Corinthians. Uh, As you know, Paul has written this letter and he's already written one letter to the church found in Corinth and to these believers And and so that's who this audience is. It's a group of believers It's a group of people here in Corinth and and as you know, uh, Paul had some issues with with some of the things that were taking place And so that was we see that especially in the first letter And then he's just kind of using this second letter to continue to encourage them and to continue to help them to continue Them to help them think about things. And so this is a group of believers And so when we see words like we or us Uh, we can can recognize that Paul is talking uh, to those believers there uh, at that church. I'm also well aware that as we read this text this morning, that God uh, has something for us to consider for 2021. It's something important for us as believers to think about and pray about and and understand and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal uh, what does it mean for us today. We can take a look at what it meant for those that were in that situation in Corinth, but I believe we can also take a look at at what it means for us today. And so it's important for us to consider uh, those things. And so like I said, from from the the youngest believer in the room to the one that's been walking many faithful years with the Lord, uh, I'm confident God has something to say and to encourage you with uh, today as well. So that is kind of the intro, and as we look at these, script, uh, these verses, like I said, there's eight verses here. We're going to split it into two different sections. This first section, all of it beautifully leads up to verse 20, and we won't even spend the, the most time even in that verse, but all of this work that we're going to do today to get to verse 20 helps us really see the importance of what Paul is proclaiming and teaching and sharing with that early church In encouraging those believers along of who they need to be But to truly understand what that looks like and what that means I believe it's all wrapped up and found in these first few verses that we see in verses 14 15 and 16 And so this morning I want to spend some time in this first section Considering these first few verses as we think about some of those things All right, well my slides have already jumped way ahead of me That's probably because I touched somewhere else on the screen Technology is a funny thing So that was way ahead if you were looking at the slides going what? Did I miss something? Did I just take a little nap? No. You're in the right place. You are exactly where you need to be. That was my fault. I will try my best not to get too carried away here touching my iPad. So this is the first thing I want us to think about as we consider these first few verses is this, that receiving the gift of salvation changes everything. So think about that for a moment. The the demonstration of God's love, his death and his resurrection, And for us, we have heard somewhere at some point in time We have heard that message of the cross We have heard that message of salvation that can be yours today And we call it a gift of salvation Something that we can receive, nothing that we earn, nothing that we do to deserve that That is just simply God's gift to you out of his great love and care for you And if we truly believe that Jesus died and rose again Then friends, that gift of salvation should change everything We should not be the same. And so that's what we're going to get at in these first few verses here. So we're going to take a look again at verse 14. I think we're going to... There we go. Let me turn this the other way. It worked better this way this morning. There we go. All right, so let's look at verse 14 together where it says this. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And so as we unpack that verse this morning, we want to think about some of these things together. When he's talking to those believers there in the early church, he's reminding them that we believe that Jesus died. And and in so so doing, as believers, we also have died. Our old self has now been crucified with Christ. And and so he's encouraged them to think about those things because that is what is compelling Paul. That is what is motivating Paul. That is what is moving him. And and as I look at that first kind of verse there, I, I looked at that word compel. And so as I looked at that word I, I tried to, for whatever reason I got kind of hung up on that word And I noticed in other translations It, it talks about it, or it's translated as control And so I just thought I've got to dig a little deeper I, I needed to catch something I really felt led to kind of dig in there And so it reminded me of a few things One, uh, I'm so thankful for our pastor, Eric For just the opportunity to share with you today But I'm also thankful uh, For passing elementary Greek Because of him And so I went to seminary worked on my master's degree went through elementary and new testament greek and through hebrew But i'm so thankful for our pastor who helped me get through that because i'll i'll be honest when I got done with my first uh, Class of elementary greek. I remember coming back to the church and i'm sure eric could probably see it on my face I was very overwhelmed And and I even think uh, of the fact that you know, someone coined that term. That's greek to me. Uh, yeah Okay If you've ever sat in a Greek class or if you've ever looked at the original language, it does not look anything like our language or any of the languages kind of around us. When you think of like Spanish or French and those, it is completely different. And I was completely overwhelmed. And he was so great to just kind of build some basics for me. Uh, That helped me along in in my journey with Greek I'm not going to share with you what that word is Or try to butcher how you pronounce that word That we have translated as uh, Compel or control But I do want us to take a look at some of the other ways That word is translated inside of our New Testament And some other ways uh, Because they will decide depending on context How to best translate or use that word Because it can kind of carry some different meanings Or some different uh, weights depending on how they Choose to use that in that section Uh, But but it all works together They're all very kind of similar But you really begin Begin to understand paul's heart when we unpack just a simple word that's coming out of the greek like compel And so here's some of the other ways. It's used. So let's think about some of these together this morning uh, Think about that uh, other ways. We see it translated is hold together And, and when I think about christ's love and I think about the death and resurrection of jesus and I think about that great love That is now a gift of salvation for me I can look back at my life and my journey with jesus and I see the many times where christ's love has truly held me together and that holding together has motivated me to continue on, to continue to live my life for Him. And I also see, uh, it's sometimes translated to press in from every side. And I love thinking about Christ's love in that way. Whether I'm looking ahead, whether I'm looking back to my left or to my right, uh, wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, to think about Christ's love completely surrounding me would motivate me, would compel me. Christ's love is that to Paul. It is completely Consumed him and changed him. He is not the same anymore But it's all over the place. And so then you can kind of get into some of these Translations where we look at seized or in charge of it was great seeing those baptisms this morning And we ask people what their confession is and what do they say? Jesus is lord and my pastor growing up always said right after that usually that means he's in charge He is lord of your life And so we begin to see what does that mean? Uh, that God's love would control or compel uh, Paul's saying that because of that great event what has taken place through Jesus and, and his demonstration of great love it is now in control it's so much better that that's what you get out of me versus anything else and so out of that great love that Paul now has and, and this change, new creation that he is that's what's in charge and it's not a bad thing I know when we talk about something controlling us we don't like that, do we? Our human nature is to be in control. I want to say I want to do I want to make the decisions I I want to have it. And so when we read a word like control It's like, oh, I don't know if I like that too much Maybe that's why I wanted to search it out. It's like lord. What does that really mean? And I see it's not that god's just this big god. That's just like right here just controlling you or a micromanager But it's completely the opposite. It's paul recognizing wow god your love is so grand, your love is so amazing, your love is so wonderful, it's changed me, it's completed me, it's it's who I am now, it's who I need to be, go read the book of Philippians, he will give you a complete amazing outline of what Christ's love and and the knowledge of knowing Christ is for Paul, and he recognizes and and sees that's what he's talking about, I am now motivated, it's not that God has to control and do all these things in my life, it's just that's what I want, I want God to be in control. I want him to have a say over my life and how I operate and how I live. That's what Paul's getting at. That is what's motivating. When Christ's love is moving and working inside of you, that's what's taking place, is you are now a changed and transformed person because of the love of Christ. And now you are different. You want to be different. You want to live for Christ. As we look at a couple of these other translations here that you can use this word for compel, these are kind of the negative sides of it. But you think of being afflicted by something. You think of being suffering or suffering from something. Um, I don't know about you, but if if I'm ever afflicted by something, it's hard to sleep, isn't it? You find yourself probably waking up every 30 minutes to an hour just thinking about whatever is needing to be taken care of or dealt with. And so when we are truly afflicted or we're truly suffering, we're almost just consumed by whatever that affliction or that suffering is, aren't we? And, And I'm not saying that we look at Christ's love in such a way. Uh-oh. There we go. I got scared. I don't know what happened. My, my mic dropped. Um, but what we do is, is, is we don't look at Christ's love in a negative way, but you see how all these definitions kind of work together to get at what Paul's talking about. When he's talking about being compelled or motivated or moved by Christ's love, it's all he can think about. He wakes in the night, he's thinking about Christ's love. He's motivated and thinking, how can I continue to share? How can I continue to live out my life? And if you want to look at Paul's life, look at all these wonderful books that he's written that we can see and that we can read. He truly was changed compared to where he was and who he now is, and then he just lives it. And he's motivated by it. He is changed by it all. And he just continually just goes and lives out his life for the cause of Christ. And friends, I'll be honest, I want to be like that. But I'll be the first to say, I am not that motivated at times. I am not that compelled where I need to be. And as I prepared this message this week, I just found myself in times of just repentance, saying, Jesus, give me a passion for you and for your name. And for the lost and for those around me who who need you who are in desperate need of you And so we move on from this knowing now that paul has completely changed motivated and moving for the cause of christ We look at some of these other verses remembering uh, That we talked about this section that how it changes everything As a believer in Christ, everything should be different. Everything should look different. You should be changed. You should be motivated differently because of this great love that God has demonstrated on the cross. And we're moving to verse 20, being ambassadors for Christ. And so we continue to look at these verses here. Verse 15, it says, He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And that would make sense, right? As I just talked to you about how this word compel truly is big and huge and and motivating and moving Paul in such a way that he would live out his life for the glory of Jesus Christ. It would make sense that his next verse would say these things, that the one who died for all, that we now who live as believers, we no longer should be concerned about ourselves, but we should be concerned about living for him. And so as I prepared this message, as I said earlier, I found myself again going, Lord, wow, verse 15 is messing me up too. And I need to really consider what you're saying here So a couple of things that I thought about One of those is nothing should be compelling us like the gospel Oh friends Oh friends There is a world out there that is Just trying so desperately To motivate me To compel me to walk in a certain way uh, To go in a certain direction To consider this consider that Here's your options here's what you should do Here's what you should not do And here's this and here's that And and sometimes I just want to find a way to just shut it all off And find a place where I can take god's word and and just spend some time thinking god What are you compelling me in am I being motivated by you? Am I being moved by your great love and and the transformation that's taking place inside of me because of christ And friends we all need to do those evaluation moments where what is moving me? What is compelling me? What am I living for? What am I about and truly bring those to god's word and recognize and see and understand are those truly things that I need to be about? And then we look at the second part here. We think about living for him and not for ourselves. I think about uh, the commentator that I was working through mentioned obedience isn't just getting your act together. It requires a transformation. Think about this. I I had the opportunity to go with our students to False Creek this year and our uh, camp pastor was Shane Pruitt. Shane, just a, a great Man of God loves the Lord, loves sharing this message of transformation. Did a great job with our students. Uh, I had the privilege of taking my students when I was a youth pastor down in Texas. I took our kids to a camp in Texas, and Shane was our camp pastor. And what I love about Shane, and I knew was coming this week, was he was going to share his testimony. And his sh- testimony ties right into what we just said about obedience isn't just getting your act together, it requires tra- transformation. Shane talked about how he kind of was in this cycle when he was in high school and, and just out of high school. He was in this he just called it like a vicious cycle he would go to camps he would go to retreats he'd go to church events and at times he would find himself down front praying his heart out god i'm a mess he talked about his life and just the sinful things he was a part of and just how he was living life for himself but he would come to these events and these camps and these things and he would find himself down front just praying god i'm so sorry god i'm going to do better god i'm going to pray more god i'm going to read your word more God, I'm going to go to church more. As soon as those doors are open, anytime they're, I'm going to be there, God. And I'm going to be different. I'm going to do things differently. And he said that would last, you know, he would make that kind of confession and then for the next few weeks, maybe a month, maybe even two months, he, he would say, you know, I, I was able to kind of do better. But he said, never failed though. After a month or two, I was right back into my old lifestyle and my old ways. Until he said, finally, one day, I came to the front at one of those events and just said, God, I can't. God, I can't do it. I can't be better. I can't pray my way out of this. I can't do enough good things to get out of this. I am missing something because I'm recognizing I can't do it. And friends, that was the moment of surrender. We all need to find ourselves in because the reality is this, we can't do it, but we know who can, Jesus. And that's what Shane talked about. And he said, guys, you will never be able to do it on your own. You need Christ to change you and transform you. So for you to become the person you want to be, it's going to take his transformation. And he's done it through his death and resurrection. And today, you can receive that gift of salvation and be reconciled to a holy God. Think about these things as we move forward into verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So there's some things I want us to think about as we think about this transformation that takes place As we're talking about how we need to be different and look different And we shouldn't be the same person or the same creation or what we were The the old needs to be gone and we start thinking about these things And if we want to live the life that we know we should be living We recognize that we need jesus to change and transform us And once that's taken place and we are now believers in christ There's a couple of things to look at here Uh, We regard no one from a worldly point of view Uh, A couple of these things that I was thinking about is one of those is we need to see people from our new perspective in christ and and that's tough especially when they don't look like us especially when they don't think like us especially when they don't act like us and at times as christians we act appalled that they would say or do these things and as my pastor in texas so graciously would say to me zach they're lost and i say pastor you're right i remember i'd get so fired up sometimes and i was so thankful he had such a gracious pastorly heart to say zach they're lost They don't see what you see. They don't understand what you understand. They're not motivated by the life of Christ that now lives and resides within you. So you can't take what you have and try to put it on them. They need Jesus first. They need to recognize their need to walk in a right relationship with God. Then we can disciple them. Then we can work with them. Then they can begin to learn and see and understand biblical values, biblical worldview. But we can't take that to them first. We gotta let them see Jesus and God's great love and care and concern for them. That demonstration of death and resurrection On the cross, from the cross And so, and I think about this It's easy for us to look at people And I guess from the outside We know, we're tra- we know what looks bad we, we know what looks, you know We can sometimes easily discern Yep, that, that person's <laughs> That's not right, that's not how you should do things and, and so when someone's proclaiming things That are definitely out there Then it's easy for us to, to, to see those things Sometimes And so notice that I put that as we look at some people from a different perspective We also need to remember that god does look at the heart And not the outward appearance You see and you think about that passage back there in 1 samuel And you think about when samuel was going to look for the king and he he was looking for david He he didn't know who that's that's who he was looking for Uh, I remember when he comes into town and he sees the first guy that looks very kingly Samuel's like this is the guy That's the one god wants He's he's checking all the boxes off. This is who we need. This is who we need to work with And what's god say? Nope That's not your guy I look at the heart, Samuel I look at something different than you see Friends, here's the the danger though too There are people, and it was happening in Corinth as well People were hijacking the name of Jesus Now stick with me, this is tough They were saying, hey, I'm a believer Hey, I walk with Christ And now insert teaching here And so someone that And so sometimes we as believers need to be careful that people will attach themselves to the name of jesus And then spew out some other kind of thing that is false that is not true. That's not accurate. That's not appropriate And and, but yet sometimes we say but but they say they love jesus And they say that they're committed here and and yet if they have something that is looking different And when it ties in that's when it gets tough sometimes To discern and so I say to you is what we're just talking about here Nothing should compel us like the gospel There's a lot of information out there. Some of it's good. Some of it's not bad But when we fill our lives and ourselves with things outside of god's word or fill ourselves more with those things that aren't in line With jesus then that becomes an issue this all of this here Should be where we spend most of our time, you know, we live in a world of influencers I don't know if you recognize that or not, but I know on social media now you have these people uh, who call themselves influencers and there are people who are, you know, you're, you're watching them. You're seeing what they're going to say. You're seeing what they're going to do. And so you have these people out there uh, that I get concerned about because we're in this society. It's so funny that, that that's what we're trying to look for, for truth or for, for help. And, and so we try to look to these people who are influencers. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There's some people out there that really do have some good things to offer us. But the problem is, is when we look to those people more than we look to the Word of God and, and more than we look to people even around us in this building that we share life with. So just use caution, use discernment uh, Out of what's coming at you And remember that God looks at the heart And then the second thing I was thinking about As we think about being transformed And changed in Christ Is even just the event of Christ For some people, Jesus is a good man That's what they'll say, they'll proclaim you know, Jesus is a good man, he did good things, he was such a nice guy And, And we know For us though as believers There's so much more to who Jesus is And who his physical life was Here on this earth And one of those things I think about is when I think about what happened over 2,000 years ago his death and his resurrection I'm, so thankful that even though that event took place so long ago When I received that gift of salvation it brought all of that right here to me here and now And is still alive and active and working now in and through me And I become so thankful at the people who would share Christ's love with my mom Who was the one that became an influence to me and shared christ's love with me as a child that I would walk in that I'm so thankful for whoever it was that shared the love of christ with that person that shared with my mom And we could just go back through all the generations and pull it all back to this early church back here So thankful for these people who influenced with jesus And makes a difference And so as we get to verse 20, which is where we're headed. That's you and me now There is a generation and a lost culture out there that needs us to represent christ. Well Because they need to be the next generation to carry on the wonderful beautiful message of jesus christ And his demonstration of great love for us. So just as I said earlier This changes everything in a beautiful wonderful amazing way the message of jesus christ our hope Changes everything And so as we look at this next section here This second half that we're getting into is is the proof of god's love is revealed in the followers of christ And that's just what I was saying. That's just what I was talking about and just what I was mentioning Now that this love that paul is talking about is now compelling him motivating him has transformed him has changed him This is what he now walks in. This is now who he is And now we need to live that out Because people need to see that we have a lost world that's just struggling mightily with identity and where to land And we have a world that just wants to surround them and champion. And and the reality is is, is people need to come and find their identity in Christ and work all those things out with Him. Because He's the one that created it all. And we need to be the ones that can stand up and help motivate and share the love of Christ with the lost and dying world. And so think about these slides as we come through them this morning. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she or the new, or is it, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here So a couple things to think about inside of that slide this morning as we're working our way through this The old must be done away with for the new to arrive. That makes sense, right? That's one of the commentators talked about how you can't have them both You can't have old zach and new zach trying to live together in this. It just it doesn't turn out well recognizing that when Jesus transforms and changes and saves you a new creation is taking shape and has taken up And is now alive and and so now with that i have new values and with that i have new beliefs and and who i am now is completely different and like i said earlier now i'm even looking at the world differently i'm looking at people around me differently everything about me just as paul talked about being compelled with christ's love it it just changes everything And, and who i am decisions i make things i say things i do should have new value and new behavior i shouldn't see that old self but we know it tries to rise up paul talks about that wrestling with the flesh and friends, I have to wrestle with the flesh as well. And when I see it, I'm just reminded to say, nope, that's old ways, that's old behavior. Jesus has come, Jesus has changed me. I want to live for him. But even beyond me is this thought that it's, it's not just about me as an individual. But think about this, when, when Paul is saying the new has come, praise the Lord. It's not the old anymore. If I were to take you into our Old Testament section of our Bible, we see that God set up the law, which was wonderful and beautiful and revealed His character and who He is, His holiness, His righteousness. And, and, but the problem was, you and I were not able to keep committed to the law the way we needed to be. And so, thank you, Jesus, that that old system can now be set aside because Jesus has fulfilled that system. And now we can turn to Him to be our substitute, to be the one that stands in our place, forgiven, forgiven, And justified and righteous before a holy god not because of anything i've done not because of anything i've earned or or need from him but other than the fact that he has done it all so that i can stand in a right relationship with him it's all new isn't that wonderful that's good news that's what we talk about good news of jesus christ that has come to us and so then we think about this i was thinking about verses 18 and 19 trying to get through these i know our time gets short You could spend a whole sermon just on these two verses right here and I'm saddened that I can't spend just a ton of time here with you uh, but let's read them and take a look at them and think about some of the things inside here as we get to our verse 20 and finish up this morning. It says, All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them and he has committed us The message of reconciliation So we think about some things that are found in there all of this is from god I think of paul and his own teachings about how it's by grace. We've been saved It's not of works so that we could boast but it's all from him There's nothing I could do to deserve it. There's nothing I could do to earn it It's all from him all from god this gift and beautiful gift of salvation. We have Who reconciled us to himself through christ? recognizing, seeing we couldn't do it on our own. Just like I talked about earlier, we can't do it. We can't be good enough. We can't do enough things to earn this salvation that we need from God. Yet, He has provided the entire bridge for us to cross. I was having a conversation with someone at one point we were talking about the things of christ and i remember we got into this kind of conversation about well you know our good works our works and things that we do and they were having a hard time understanding and i remember them questioning they, they said well zach if wouldn't, they just meet, wouldn't God just meet me at least halfway if I've done enough here to kind of get out into this area, into this section? Well, wouldn't God just meet me at least where I'm, I'm at and meet me? And I said, I mean, that, that's a good thought, but the reality is, is through the cross and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he didn't just meet you halfway. He went the whole way. He went entirely over to where you are, and there's nothing that you could do that would even begin to be exactly what you need to be. God took care of it all through the cross, and it's what you need, need from him. And he doesn't need anything else from you Because he's taking care of everything And here's the reality And I I said this all the time when I was Teaching and preaching every week with our students I was like look if God can truly Get a hold of your heart just like what we Talked about with Paul He's going to get everything he needs He's going to get the good deeds out of you He's going to get the good works and the things that glorify him If he can get a hold of your heart And that's what we see here with Paul That's what he's talking about It's the heart of the matter Say, look, I am so changed and consumed with Christ. That's just who I am now. That's what motivates me. That's what's changed me. And that's what I want to be about 24-7 is sharing with others this great love that has changed and transformed me into his image, into walking with him. And so we think about those things that now we have been reconciled to God through Christ. And it's a wonderful gift of salvation that you can have. And like I said, if you're here today, this is your first time ever being in a church setting, hearing a message from the, God's word, that's what we simply want you to know, is that God loves you. And, and his love is so great that it motivated him to send his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. That is great love. No one has ever demonstrated that kind of love to me before, like that love that I see in Jesus. And then I write here, uh, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. All these things that are taking place are so wonderful for us but not so that we can just keep them to ourselves and just kind of go, wow, I've been saved. This is so great, which it is. But the reality is, is, man, God has saved us so that we can go and just share what we have seen. What, what, we want to share this transformation that has taken place. If we are so moved and saved, then we should be like Paul. We should be so compelled and controlled to share with others the love of Christ that has changed us, that has truly taken us from these things, not counting our sins against us. Praise God. And God commits believers to the message of reconciliation. And now we should want to be motivated, compelled to share this love that has come to us. Well, as we conclude, we get, look, get ready to look at verse 20. I want us to think about these things this morning. Uh, as some of you know or may know, I've, I've taken on a doctoral program and working on a church uh, revitalization. As we've talked before, and you've heard even Eric talk about it, you know, a lot of our churches are are really in some tough situations. Baptism's in decline and, and are just in some tough spots. And I'm so thankful that our Baptist seminaries recognize that. They see that. So they've got different ways and tracks that uh, seminary students can come in and they can study and and help to see how can we be a part of a solution. How could even our church maybe one day be a church that goes and helps other churches that are in need of revitalization and and getting back on track. And so as I think about, but we think about the early church. So as I I say that, there was a book that I read this summer uh, that had us, it, it talked about being the influential church. And so I want to read to you a quote that I got out of that book that really just talked about, let's think about how truly amazing it is that the early church even survived. And think about that as, as they write these words. Noting the extraordinary expression of Christian expansion of Christianity in the first and second centuries, Stark was puzzled at how a marginalized, persecuted, often uneducated group of people were able not only to survive, but to thrive. He concludes that a key reason was their willingness to sacrifice themselves out of love for each other and for their world. And the sacrifice released an explosion of light and heat that the world had never known. Friends, look around this room today. We are very blessed compared to that early church. God has been so gracious to give us a beautiful, wonderful facility. I'm sure the early church would look and just be amazed at what we have here, and knowing some of your stories and knowing how many of you are so generous to give to the cause of Christ and not just to the things we do as a church but even just things outside the church for the cause of Christ we have been given so much but the things we need to be careful though is remember that even though we have things to give it still needs to be out of a heart that is motivated for Jesus because we think about the early church they had nothing they didn't have an education many of them they didn't have things to give or do but what was truly amazing was Christ was at work in them through those transformed lives, as they loved one another, and as they loved their community, it made the most amazing difference. And so I think about our church. Yes, I want us to be generous, and yes, I'm thankful that we have this beautiful facility to operate out of, but most importantly, I want to make sure that each and every one of you recognize the importance of operating out of a love and heartbeat for Jesus Christ that would live differently in front of this world. That would be different in front of the world, that would love one another inside this building and in, outside of this building, that we truly would look different. So we get to this verse that we're going to spend this moment in as we conclude. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Paul's saying, I've been motivated by this great love of Christ. I'm now changed and different, now operating out of it because of all of this change and because of all this newness and because of what has now taken place in my life. Think about this I now represent Him, I am His ambassador as though God were making his appeal through us. He says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And that becomes our motivational message for the world around us. God loves you. He sent Jesus for you. Jesus who will help you and guide you. He's got his beautiful word that you can turn to when you're facing struggles and situations and trying to understand what's going on. This is the God you need. And friends here's the thing if we are going to share the love of god if we are going to say to someone god loves you We better have a life that backs that up We better be someone that loves if we say god loves you and i'm his representative They better not look back at me and be like man. Zach you are so mean though You're just mean and nasty and I don't ever like being around you and you're telling me that god loves me We don't want to get those things out of order either We do need to live a life that shines and looks differently But we also need need to be ready to share god's word tells us that as well for the hope that we have in jesus So here's some things that an an ambassador looks like Because these are tough and I want to give this list because I want you to see and understand. I can't do this list on my own You know, jesus calls us to love our enemies. We've heard that taught. We've heard that preached But can you maybe when you just stop and think about it? That's hard Because if i'm being honest, I want my enemy to suffer I want my enemy to lose I want my enemy to be destroyed I don't want to see my enemy ever again and Jesus has called us to love our enemy why because they're lost and God loves them and wants them to be reconciled which is what we just talked about this morning and Paul goes on to say that too in Romans feed your enemy I think you guys you're hurting me here that's tough that's right but a change transform new creation in Christ that life can do those things can love enemies, pray for enemies, pray for salvation, pray for a wicked man like Paul who was doing horrible, violent things to the Christians in the early church was changed and conformed. Friends, when we look outside and we see our culture, I'll be the first one to say, I think so. I think there's a mess out there. But the reality is there's just a bunch of people that are like Paul out there who are living against the cause of Christ. And Jesus wants to work through you to be an ambassador to this lost world that is desperately in need of his change and transformation in their lives. And so it comes back to us to be those ambassadors to be those representatives and this is how we need to look we need to do good to all Paul encourages us that especially in this room to one another I know we can frustrate each other at times I know we can get upset with each other at times but at the end of the day we need to love one another Jesus gave that commandment that the world would know that we belong to him because of our great love for one another Another, and then he says there be rich in good deeds from Timothy and of course our great commandment from Jesus love one another this is what I need from you And so, friends, this morning, I'm one, as I read and study this, want to run down to the altar this morning and just say, Jesus, forgive me. There's areas in my life where I'm not passionate enough about the lost, where I'm more upset and frustrated with the enemy than I am concerned with loving them and praying for them and and running to them with the message of salvation. But Zach, I've tried. I've tried to share with them the love of Jesus, and they just turn me down every time. Try again. Zach you don't know how mean they've been to me I've shared the love of God so many times with them And man they're just so mean they say nasty things They hop on Facebook or whatever it is And they just say all kinds of horrible things about me Well Jesus said that would happen they're going to persecute you Because of me that's what Jesus said Keep trying I don't want to forgive them again I don't want to do anything Nice for them I can't do those things that's right That's the old self Paul says you're new now You belong to Jesus and you need to walk and run with him I'm preaching to myself too okay (laughs) Because that's the tough part. Because that's just basically that's the argument I have with God a lot of time. God, are you sure? I feel like Jonah. That world's a mess out there. I'm not going out there, God. Yeah, you are. I love them. I know you look at them, you see just a big mess, but I just need you to understand and remember I love them. And now I'm calling you to go to them and share this love and this gift of salvation with this lost world that desperately needs. My attention or they they need to be looking towards me well, I want to close with this one last point here this morning and as I was reading and preparing uh, this passage of scripture it was great to come I'm doing a devotional through the book of Proverbs right now and so a couple of days ago uh, this even though through the book of Proverbs uh, this quote came up from Timothy Keller and he was mentioning second Corinthians 5 and I thought thank you Lord here's more for what we're doing and so what a great way to conclude And it was a great for me and a great challenge for me to read these words where it says, how might you be living differently if you took the calling of being Christ's ambassador with greater seriousness? And so my encouragement to you all today, if you're someone that's walked with Christ a long time, I hope you could take a question like that and truly just get alone in your prayer closet and spend some time saying, God, is there anything that needs to be different about me? Have I gotten so caught up in the world around me that's so angry and so frustrated with so many things? What what can you work on in me? And friends can I tell you as I read through different books one of the things that struck me and as a minister We just kind of get into routines And and we just we prepare our different things for the week and, and the things that we need to do and take care of for this body Of believers and sometimes it's easy to forget and recognize i'm still someone that needs spiritual growth I'm still someone that needs spiritual maturity I'm still someone that needs to be like jesus in my every single day life And it's so easy to get caught up in so many other things And I had to come to a place of repentance this summer just say god i'm sorry I've not arrived. I don't have it all now. There's still so much more for me to learn at 42. Until the day that you call me home or you come back to get me, I need to be more and more like you each and every day. The old me just needs to keep getting lost way back there somewhere. And you inside of me needs to continue to just live out in this life. So friends, this morning, I just we're gonna have a moment of invitation. The invitation is just a great time for us to, to, to find where you're sitting or where you'll be standing here in a moment to just do some business with God and just to ask questions like this. God, is there things going on? Am I being influenced by someone I shouldn't be? Am I allowing other things to take precedence over you where you need to be taking the precedence in my life? Those are hard questions to ask, and I, I ask those as well. God, is there anything I need to be I'm not doing? Do I need to be better in? God, I want to truly surrender because I can't do the things that you've called me to do inside your word without you. So maybe this morning, those are things you need to wrestle with. We're going to be down front. Maybe you're here this morning, and you just need to say, you know what, Zach? I'm tired of trying on my own. I truly do need to surrender to the love of Christ today and allow Him to begin to work and, and create in me a new heart and new life. So maybe today you'd want to come forward and make that decision with us. We'd celebrate that alongside of you today. And, and maybe you've uh, been visiting with us the last few weeks, and maybe today you need to say, hey, this needs to be my embassy. As an ambassador, this is where I need to work out of. This is going to be where I call home. And so together we will work together for the cause of christ And we will just go out like that early church and love one another and love the community around us And you need to join with us and be ambassadors here out of this church body We'd love to celebrate that with you today if god's moving in your heart and life Uh, We're going to be down front here in a moment as well If you want to come and just pray if there's people in your hearts and lives that you're praying for right now that you're passionate about because As I get passionate, I think of friends and family members that don't know Jesus the way that I know Jesus. And I think, oh, I just want them to to understand how God has changed me and has now motivated me and now loves me the way that he does. And that gets so hard. We love to just pray for you. Whatever may be on your heart today, we'll be down front uh, to pray alongside of you as well.